So we're starting a new series, first Sunday in September, called A Time to Pray. Uh, some leaders joined with me the other night, and we uh, took an, an updated spiritual gifts test and a personality discovery test, and, and uh, I wasn't surprised. I reveal a, a personality that has a sensitive and dramatic side, but also a funny and lighthearted side, and um, I, I hope I can lean more on that funny and lighthearted side because I think that's my power. <laughs> Even though I can get d d intense and dramatic and sometimes get carried away. And, uh, and it kind of reminds me of a story. I, I said earlier in the week, I was kind of teasing people to, to tune in and watch. And, this, uh, and I said, this Sunday, I'm going to tell you about the time that I thought my dog was a Christian. And uh, it, it's true. It really is true. Um, theologians don't write me. I, I understand all that. I understand the difference between the, an animal and a human and all that. But I had this moment that I just threw all that out the window because of something that I thought was happening. And let me tell you about it. I was in this season of my life, and I just read a book on the importance of prayer and it was really good. And one of the things that I do when I get myself in trouble is I read a, somebody else's story and then I compare theirs to mine and I always come up short and then I think I'm not what I should be. And I fall, anyway, I fall into all that. They say that's in my personality uh, evaluation too. But anyway, so I read this and I'm all in and I'm like, God, this is it. I'm going to change. I'm no longer going to be like the Pittsburgh Pirates regarding prayer. I'm going to become like the New York Yankees regarding prayer. And then I thought of a metaphor in, in NFL, and I thought, I'm going to be the Tom Brady of prayer. And so I just was all into it. I got down on my knees, and I started to pray like Tom Brady would pray, I guess. And so I, at the time, I had this little Yorkie named Brinkley, and Brinkley was part human, he was. Uh, we were dear friends. Uh, anyway, he was very demanding. Um, he was a world ruler type. Uh, Brinkley would give you this look as if to say just 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that's all I ask. And uh, we, we truly got each other. Anyway, I'm alone in my house that day. I'm kneeling down at the famous T. McGee chair. My kids know all about the T. McGee chair. And I'm, I'm kneeling down. I'm all in with Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, I am tired of having a lame prayer life. And, and I'm all dramatic. I'm giving God this big speech. And I'm, I'm like, I want to be like Daniel. I want to be highly favored. I want to battle in the heavenlies with Michael and the archangel. And I want to be like... Like David, a, a man after your heart, I'm sorry for being so lame. And all the while, Brinkley is dropping a tennis ball at my feet, growling at me and growling. He always does. And I, I, I stopped, and I turned, and I'm like, not now, Brinks. Daddy's busy. And Brinks understands human language, so he got it, but he wasn't going to listen. And he, so he keeps it up. He, he just keeps it up because he's a world ruler. And, and finally, I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to get through to God because I'm starting this new life of prayer, and Brinkley won't have it. And I look over, and I say, Brinkley, Daddy is praying to Jesus, his expression changed. And I noticed his expression changed. And I began thinking, is he thinking what I think he's thinking? And I, I test him again, I say, Brinkley, daddy is praying to Jesus. And when I say Jesus, Brinkley goes nuts. He spins around in circles like a charismatic, I look at him surprised, I say, Brinkley, do you know Jesus? 
And he starts barking and spinning around like he's saying, unbelievable, yeah, that's, that's, at least I thought that's what he was saying. And, and you have to understand, uh, this dog was one of my dearest lifelong pals, and he got me and I got him, and we were in it to win it. We were in it for the long haul. We related on everything, and now I realize I have a new prayer partner. My dog, Brinkley, loves Jesus. Um... So I look at him and I say, Brinkley, do you know Jesus? I've got tears in my eyes. Dudes, I think I'm witnessing a miracle. I'm expecting any minute Brinkley to talk to me like Balaam's donkey talked to Balaam and say, yes, he created me, praise his holy name. I'm like, Brinkley, I, I, I start saying, thank you, Lord, you gave me a Christian dog, hallelujah. I said, Brinkley, you're so awesome. You know, Jesus Jesus, I'm hugging him. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. I'm like, do you love Jesus, though? I say, you know Jesus, but do you love Jesus? And he's like bouncing off the walls. He's like going crazy. And then all of a sudden, he takes off running toward the refrigerator door. And I thought, Jesus isn't in there. And then I pause. and I come back to reality, and I feel a discernment in my spirit rise up. And then I look at Brinkley and I say, Brinkley, do you want Jesus? <laughs> Same reaction. I say, Jesus. And he spins around like a charismatic. I say, Jesus. Same reaction. I look at him and I realize he doesn't have the spirit of God. He has the spirit of dog. Listen. Dog spelled backwards is God, America. But don't be deceived because cheese and Jesus aren't the same thing. I looked at Brinkley and I said, you're no Christian dog. You're a dog with a hearing problem. Anyway, it was during a time that I, would, I got charged up about needing to turn on my switch with prayer and tune up my time of prayer. Over the next Sundays, the whole month of September, I want to tell you that I feel that God is saying to this church family, to my family, to the nation, it's time to pray. The world has changed and some of those changes have been devastating beyond words. My last series was about living in the peace of God. And I feel this one as strong as that one. It's time to pray. There are times in the Bible when men and women who had regular prayer life lives with God stopped because it was a specific time they knew they needed to or wanted to or had to pray. Abraham had a walk with God, but there was a time in his life when God came down and told him what he was about to do to Sodom where his nephew Lot was living with his wife and their children and he was going to destroy it and Abraham knew there was a time he had to get in front of God and ask God, if there are 50 righteous, will you spare it? If there are 40, 30, 20, 10, yes, 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 yes. 
David had a prayer life. David had a praise life. You can read all about it in the Psalms. There were times in his role as a king where he had to stop and get a hold of the horns of the altar and call on God. So did the prophets and so did the kings. There are times, even though we walk with God and have prayer time with God and communion with God, there are times that we need to take time to pray. One of those times is in times of national calamity. There was a time in Israel's history when a plague of locusts came in three invasions. And what the first invasion left behind, the second took. And what the second invasion left behind, the third stripped until nothing was left. And this invasion was a judgment on Israel for their sin against the Lord. The prophet Joel said, God spoke through him. And like all the other prophets, when they spoke, they were speaking about what was actually going on in their lives, in their country, in their nation, in real time. But many of times, when they did that, they saw that in the forefront, and in the backdrop, saw the end of days, the day of the Lord, and they could never totally, completely understand the chronology of such It's kind of the same way Jesus did too in his talk about the temple being destroyed and not one stone being left upon another that wouldn't be torn down. And his disciples come to him asking him when that was going to happen and what would be the signs of the end of the age. And Jesus gives them this picture that actually, if you think about it, has been through every age, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. But he says this, all these are the beginning of birth pains. These things that happen throughout history would be compared to birth pains of a woman. Some birth pains seem like it's real time and the baby's coming, but they only end up being Braxton Hicks. Sometimes we can't tell. But Jesus said when you see these things, and it'll be like birth pains, we should always be aware and always be alert and we should pray. Jesus said they would intensify as we near that real time and we should take time to pray. We are in a time of national, global calamity. There's no way to put a pretty picture on it. There's no way to speak positively about it. It is real calamity in real time and it's global. And I believe we should be doing what the prophet Joel calls for. A time of intense prayer to the Lord is a must right now. The Lord spoke through Joel and said, Consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land of the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is near. Now this was an old covenant temple era, so the gathering place would, of course, be at the temple. Now we've passed through the cross into a new covenant understanding that the temple isn't geographical. We are all priests, and we can all come directly to God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because he has made a way for us to come. But that prayer should come from the temple of our heart to the Lord's house in heaven on Mount Zion, and we all 
in a symphonic sound, raise our voices to God in prayer and in fasting. I'm calling our entire church to pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. No formula, just fervent. And ask God to show you what fasting would look like between you and him. Some people could fast a day, some can fast an afternoon, some could fast meals, some could fast phones. Whatever might distract you, maybe for a time, and asking God with his grace, wisely and safely, add fasting to your prayer. Because Jesus said some evil things are not driven out except by prayer and fasting. So in Bible times, they prayed during times of national calamity. They also prayed in times of Christian persecution. Remember in the book of Acts when God was moving in power and multitudes were fleeing from under the yoke of the corrupt temple leadership and turning to Jesus Christ in droves? Those false shepherds had the apostles arrested, beaten, and jailed. You know what happened? An angel of the Lord came and opened the jail And led them out and said to them, go back to the temple. He didn't tell them run away. He said, go back where you were and preach to the people the whole message of this life. That morning, unbeknownst to the priests, the disciples were back in the courts preaching. And they arrested them again and threatened to to harm them and take their lives if they didn't stop preaching in that name. And so they left the temple, and you know what they did? They gathered all the believers together, and they prayed to the Lord. And I have for you to see a part of their prayer, and we can learn something from it. They didn't pray for an escape. They knew they were called to proclaim Christ. They knew they were called to go into the darkness, just as Jesus had done. And so they prayed for boldness and for power from God to be faithful witnesses no matter what. Here's a window into that prayer, verse 29 of Acts 4. And now, Lord, take note of their threats, and look at this, and grant that your bondservants, that means we're all in, Lord. Grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak the word of God with boldness. Now those first two were really intense, weren't they? But I hope we don't need a whole lot more of that. Here's to better times, amen? Here's to better days. Here's to happier times. Here's to believing for them. You know what else we should, in the midst of the fact that we have a prayer life, Really stop and take time to pray in times of great blessings. My friend John Divico went home to be with the Lord, and I hope and I believe and I imagine he's watching. He, he and I used to sing in coffee houses in Central Florida while we both uh, uh, studied for the ministry at Southeastern University. He wrote, he wrote his own songs. They had kind of like a James Taylor sound to him. And one of the songs he wrote had these lyrics. I was thinking about these lyrics all week long. When your troubles get you down, stand up and thank the Lord. When you think you got a lot of nothing, 
See, John and I, we, we're relatives, came from uh, Little Orleans. That's uh, down here in the, in the hillbilly portion of Western Maryland. So nothing fits right in. When you think you got a lot of nothing, look again. You have salvation, eternal life. You have freedom from sin and strife. You have God's Holy Spirit to teach you every good thing. You have a healthy voice and God is enthroned when you sing. So lift up your voices and thank the Lord. And always sing his praises while you're reaching for your reward. Let those living waters flow from deep within your soul. And relax, don't jerk the wheel. It's God that's in control. John was rapping in the 80s. <laughs> relax, don't jerk the wheel. We're so blessed. And from time to time, more than less, we should go get away and look up and lift up our voices and say to the Lord what David did. 2 Samuel chapter 7, then David the king went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, ready guys, who am I? Who am I, O oh Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me thus far? I was telling our elders the other night and some young leaders in our church a little history about my journey as pastor here, and I said, in the time of a global pandemic, let me tell you what my God did for me. He led this guy Almost 59 in 22 days, I'll be 59 years old. He led me to step out by faith in the year 2000 while people were freaking out about what was going to happen in the Y2K. Hey, raise your hand if you made it through Y2K. Did you make it? You didn't take the mark of the beast? Okay. And with, and with others, we were led to build a building and take a journey of faith. I was 39 years old. We broke ground, built, and moved in here. In the blink of an eye after that, my dad died unexpectedly. The twin towers were hit and fell. People left our church, not because of that. <laughs> the, the economy in the country tanked. Yet, yet, God helped us walk on and on and on, sow seeds of faith and faithfulness together with just a handful of people in a church that had a lot of room for a lot more people. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, now with LOH Church having more coming than leaving, <laughs> I, I said to our congregation, my God, my God brought me this pastor, and this flock through a 20-plus year, three-quarter of a million-dollar mortgage payment in many of those years with less people giving than more, with less people gathering than more. He picked me up when I didn't have any strength. He picked up the LOH on eagle's wings, and he carried us, and he used people to bring us to a place in the time of an economic crisis civil unrest, and a global pandemic to face the future debt-free. And sometimes it would be really good to stop our yapping and start our clapping. 
Come on now. Sometimes we need to stop. Stop it. And go get somewhere and remember what we've forgotten. To give God the praise and the thanks for all that he's brought us through. And you and I are too dull of heart sometimes to realize how many bad things he's kept from happening to us. Oh Lord, who am I and my family that you have been so good to me? That's just one thing. Let me ask you, that's just one little story in the many stories of my life. Let me ask you, how long has it been since you tuned in, looked up, lifted your hands and your voice and said, Lord, thank you that even in the midst of this, we have this, we have that, we have this, and we have our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, you per- thank you, Lord. Thank you. Sometimes it's time to stop. And even though we have a prayer life, and even though we're walking with God, and even though we're doing the do, we stop. And we just come into the house. And we just sit before the Lord. And say, thank you, Jesus. You know what another time... It's good to have a time of prayer all the time, any time. Psalm 27, David says in verse 8, when you said, God, God, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. Now, that's personal. Yet God doesn't want us to find a passion to pray only when we're in trouble. He longs for us all the time. He longs to be with us. He longs to hear our voices. He longs to see our faces lift up to him. A few nights ago, I had my mom at our house with my son and his wife and our family and my little grandson, Graham, and I watched my mom have such a great time the other night at our house. And my wife, Dana, loves to create moments and memories. And this one was, I would call, the tops of the pops. And uh, I'm so thankful for your prayers for Dana and your kindness. And you guys have blessed us so much. We thank you. Dane's doing well. And although we have to be careful, we try to stay as connected to family as we can and friends as we can. And... So I rode my mom home after we spent some hours together, all of us, and uh, she had so much fun, and, and all the way back, she kept saying, Graham is the sweetest little boy. She said that three times within our five-mile trip back to her house. <laughs> my mom just loves to be around her kids and her grandkids, just like the Lord does. But Zion said, I don't get it. God has left me. My master has forgotten I exist. But God answered, no, no, no. 
Can a mother forget the infant at her breast? Walk away from the baby she bore? Even if mothers forget, I'd never forget you, never. Look, I've written your names on the backs of my hands. God's heart is like my mom's heart for her kids and her family. She just loves to be with them. Jesus told us the same thing. God sent his son to die for our sins so he could be inseparable from his children. And he looks out over Jerusalem and he's aching in his heart and he says, how often I've ached to embrace you the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you wouldn't let me. Until we see him face to face and live in unlimited, eternal uh, embrace, the closest place on this side of eternity is in the place of prayer. It's time for prayer. Let's go there. Let's get practical about it. Let's get clear. And over the weeks to come, I'm going to dispel some of the clutter about prayer I think one of the most practical ways to lengthen our days on the earth is to spend time in the presence of a heavenly father who gives mercy and comfort and peace. So let's take time and make time because it's always time for prayer. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Let's talk about that face time. Isn't it interesting? FaceTime. That's about undivided attention. Now, I'll confess, and I know you'll confess too, when somebody's been talking to you before, like me, I'm listening, but I'm not looking because I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. And it's your wife. And she's like, you didn't hear what I said. Oh, yeah. And do that. Undivided Attention. Now, my FaceTime on my computer or phone can be a challenge due to where I live. I have to maneuver around the house or I'll lose my connection to my grandkids or my son or my daughter. And you know what? With God and our time with him, sometimes we might need to maneuver. We might need to go somewhere and get somewhere so he can have undivided attention face time, face-to-face, where three is a crowd, get somewhere alone and make FaceTime, real attention. I shall seek your face, David said. It's about undivided attention. I heard someone say, it's not that God is silent, it's our distractions are too loud. Leave your phone and bring your face It's about real time. It's about revealing yourself in honest connection and communication with God. It's about real asking. Jesus said, here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get it. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Don't bargain with God. Ask directly. Ask him what, for what you need. It's not a cat and mouse. Hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him away with a live snake on his plate? I'm reading from the message. 
If your little girl asked for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? You wouldn't think of such a thing with your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give the Holy Spirit blessings when you ask him? It's about a real reveal. In Exodus 34, verse 34, it says, but whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil until he came out. Picture that. I was meditating on that verse. And for all of you who aren't in the Christianese world, I wasn't like going, "Mm." I was just thinking hard about it. And God seeks a fearless honesty from us. The Lord is impressed with a fearless honesty. And he will honor it with his unearned favor back. But you know why Moses could take the veil off his face? Because earlier in the chapter, God unveiled his nature. Um, He revealed himself to Moses via a word description. He went by him. And he said, you can't see my face because no man, picture this, no man can see my face and live. So I'll just have to declare myself. I'll have to define myself in a defining, limited, undefinable way. But here's what I want you to get. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in loving kindness. The Lord is compassionate. He forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sins. In other words, he makes it easy to be real and really reveal and have an honest, fearless conversation with God. FaceTime, real time, heart time. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. I think one of the reasons that heart disease is so high and mental health issues are raising rapidly, has as much to do with a lack of peace than us eating a second piece of pie. I think our our souls are starved to death and our minds are in a constant state of warfare. It's not about having an empty mind, it's about what we're filling it with. And if we gave God more heart time, it would lessen the heavy on our heart time. Remember the series I just spent a full month covering about a man at peace filled with joy while he was locked up in a dungeon in the sewer hole of Rome? David goes on to say in the 10th verse, for my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Look what David tells us. Even if our family would turn away, God won't. Say, well, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Listen, Jesus didn't die just so we could go to heaven. He died so we could have an open heaven on earth in constant communion with him, closer than close, more real even when we don't feel. God is, and he is our father, and he longs for us. He longs for us. He longs for you if you've been in the faith for a very long time. He's not tired of seeing your face or mine. He longs for you. 
like it's the first time. He longs for those that are far away, far away, sinning sinners, sinning sinners, he longs, sinning sons, he longs for. The thief on the cross, he wasn't a theologian, he just looked over and said, Lord, remember me. That was good enough for Jesus. The tax collector went up to the temple, but he wouldn't even look up. He said, I'm a sinner. God heard, God saw, God accepted his prayer. Why? Because God longs for us. He loved the world. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him can come into his house and pray up close in his face. My Brinkley boy, little Yorkie Terrier, was a gift to my life for a short time. He was supposed to live 15 years. They said, these Yorkies live a long life, and I had to take him to the vet, and he was only seven years old, and say goodbye to him. Broke my heart when Brinks left this world. It was a week or so later, I had this dream, and I saw Brinks running around in this big, plush, green field. The sky was bluer than blue, and the light shining brighter than bright, and little kids were running around laughing and giggling, and Brinkley was doing what he does. When you would run in the yard with him, he'd run right beside you, barking to the top of his lungs as if he was laughing his guts out, having the time of his life. Well, I took that as a dream from God. And maybe those little kids that die too soon, until they're waiting on mom and dad to get there, or running around fields with little dogs like my Brinkley. So maybe Brinks was a Christian. I know I said some funny things today, I said some serious things today, and maybe I said too little, and maybe I said too much. But friends, I want to end with this. What we really need to do is pray right now. And remember, though, as tough as things are and could become, when we pray, we are praying to Almighty God who has all nations and all times in his hands. I'll close with this word from one of a, from the book of prayer. It's by Andrew Murray. It said this. We must begin to believe that God, in the mystery of prayer, has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and bring its power down to earth. Time for prayer. Would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, you made the earth, the sky, and the sea. The beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, and the fish, and the oceans. You brought man out of the dust of the earth. And for centuries, released your plan to save all men by your son as he died on the cross and came back to life from a tomb that was sealed with a Roman seal. An angel came and twirled that stone and rolled it away and sat on it 
and mourning came forever with a promise that that sun would never set, would always reign through epics, times of sorrow and times of joy, times of kings that were corrupt and kings that wanted to cast their crown at your feet, times when presidents called the nation to pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and times when presidents wouldn't give God the time of day. We don't know what time we're in now, but you, Father, know, for the times have been set by your own authority. But we come to you as your people, washed in the blood of Jesus, and we cry aloud and we spare not our voice, and we call on you, O God, to hear our prayer. None of us are worthy to pray it, but we come in the garments of our salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we stand in the grace of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and we pray with saints of God all around this country and all around this world, and we say, O God, see, O God, hear, Oh God, answer. Oh God, stop the darkness and send your bright, healing light with your mercy reigning over the earth and bring great glory to the cross of Jesus Christ and bring many people from all tribes and tongues to a fresh revelation that Jesus is Lord of the nations of the earth and King of all kings and Lord of all lords. We pray for healing, deliverance. We pray, oh God, for those that are broken and for those that are fearful and those that are depressed and those that are ready to give up, that you would give them a shot of love, Lord. A shot of love. An impartation of healing and joy unspeakable and peace that passes all understanding that even if the mountains fall in the sea, they will stand and praise your name. We pray to the God that parts seas and slays dragons and kills giants. We pray to God that raised his son from the dead and will call those in the grave back on their feet to ascend to the hill of the Lord in the glory of resurrection power. We pray to the name above all names who will build his church and the gates of hell will not will not prevail. We praise you for hearing our prayer. We praise you for meeting our needs. We praise you for saving our souls. And we thank you that you've poured out your Holy Spirit to flood the churches across this country and around this globe. And no devil can stop the wind of the Spirit and the fire of the presence of the one whose name is the Holy One. We praise you, our God, and we exalt your kingdom. Maranatha, even so, 
Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and establish your throne in Jerusalem and reign for a thousand years on this earth. And we reign with you by your mercy and your grace. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.